Poetry is story at its most distilled, story where every word matters, story rich in language and sound and power. Today, I am excited to introduce Star Colebrook, Poet Laureate of the City of Logan, Utah. She is also the co-founder and coordinator of Helicon West, a bi-monthly reading venue. And she is published in literary magazines and anthologies. Her poems are also available in chat books, notably Thin Spines of Memory and Walking the Bear. Star is also the director of the Utah State University Writing Center. Poetry is a genre that is close to my heart and I've written poetry since I was a child. So I'm especially excited to discuss how poetry and story align today. Stay tuned for our interview with Star a wisp of a woman with spiky red hair who has a story you won't want to miss. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with, and making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Star, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast interview land. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lori. Hi, it's good to be here. Yay. I want to start out with your story so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit. Can you tell us a bit from your formative years and how they brought you to the woman that you are now and to poetry? Sure. I always used to tell the story of how I wrote my first poem at 13 in a speech class. It was in rhyming quatrains. I was in Montpelier and I was 13, 12 or 13, and I was living with my sister. It was Montpelier, Idaho. and. And this speech teacher said, okay, class, you have 10 minutes to write, 10 or 15 minutes, I don't remember, to write a poem. So I quickly wrote a poem, and I, as I said, I, I wrote it in rhyming quatrains, because that's the kind of poem that I had read as a child. And it, the, it was about my dad, who had died, and it started out, my dad just loved to be outdoors, I'd never shut him in, and it ended with, He's safe in a big outside right now. The angels are with him. And I set the poem on her desk and she called me up to her desk and she said, well, where did you get this poem? I said, well, I wrote it. And she said, but who wrote it first? And I said, well, nobody. And when I finally convinced her that I had actually written the poem right there, she held the class after the bell had rung and read the poem to them. What a great compliment. So from then on, of course, I wrote poems. And I wrote poems uh, as a young teenager for my friends to give to their boyfriends. And then I got married. And for 23 and a half years, I only wrote 12 poems. I lived with someone who was not truly appreciative of of poems or of education and I always wanted to go back to school and and eventually I wrote and I walked and I wrote and I wrote myself right out of the marriage and then I went back to school at 40 
and I met my current life partner who has been supportive of my poetry. I, I graduated with my undergrad and went directly into graduate school and started teaching poetry writing in graduate school. And I've written well over a thousand poems since in the 25 years since I've been with my, with my current partner who's also an artist and yeah, I, I love how you say I wrote myself out of that marriage. It's very poetic. It's a very poetic line. But in reality, it's also literal from a story perspective. And it, it brings home the point that we are often talking about on this podcast of the control we have over our own stories. But literally every day when you wake up, you are walking forward to create your story through the choices and the attitudes that you have moving forward in that day. And what are you going to write into your life today? And what are you going to write out of your life? <laughs> That's right. So uh, if we have, if we don't have any support and if we are just working so hard to live, the creativity. Mm -hmm. How do we how do we get that back? That's an amazing part of my story. Is how did that happen? Well, I do have a story about how, maybe how that happened, and I've written about it a lot. That's how I wrote myself out of that marriage. Is I I came to the end where I felt that I would leave or die, and so here's the story. I went hiking uh, in Zion. My mother lived in St. George area for a time and I hiked every trail. I used to say I hiked every trail in Logan and I hiked every trail in Zion. But before I hiked every trail in Logan, I used to go down to visit her. And I realized after a, a lot of thought and a lot of, of, of terrible uh, decisions and trying to stay in this marriage and, and, and trying to make everything right. I finally went to a trail I loved that had a sheer cliff hundreds of feet down was on the Western trail. And I went to the cliff and I stepped off and I became who I am. In other words, <laughs> I didn't die, but I did. I didn't step off that cliff literally but I did metaphorically and I've written about it time and time again. And so I had a new life because of what I've been writing. And now this is my life and it's wonderful and it's my story. Isn't it great that you, you know, okay, so that was a major crossroads right there. That was a, you, the heroine of your story you made major decision. You stepped off, you flew, you, you made a transition and you created your story the way you wanted it instead of letting life push you around. That is powerful. That is beautiful. And you get to now languish in the beautiful life that you have created. And it just gets better and better, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> So Star, when I say the poetry of living, what comes to mind for you? Poetry is story. It's condensed, 
and refined and made into art. Life is hard and it's joyous. And when it's happening, it's just life. But then we write it. We become our own poems and our poems become our history. My poems are my history. When I write poems, I take certain experiences and I feel them deeply enough that they are right there when I write them. So for instance, if I write about something that happened to me, for instance, when I say, when I write poems, I take experiences and I feel that I'm right there at back there at the time of the experience and so when the when the poems come they sort of happen like this so I, I wrote myself out of a marriage and and here's a poem that says how I did that and it's called summer notebook the summer I was 40 I hiked myself right out of a marriage, its chasms and insurmountable rocky ledges, decades of fear, no fight left in me, only flight from coiled springs of timid need. The summer after my divorce, I wandered the desert hunting rocks and lizards with my lover and had a nervous breakdown working at a nursing home where scorpions nested in diaper boxes, and patients fell out of their chairs, waiting for me as I hurried, like I do in bad dreams. The faster I run, the more I can't get where I'm going. The summer my daughter was five, she played the wear your clothes backward game in her say the opposite of what you mean club, donned cast off hats, and mismatched shoes, hid them in the shrubs on the corner before she caught the bus to school. A visiting artist called her up on stage to sketch her, embarrassing her older sister and making me think of freedom, of what it would cost to be as impetuous as a five-year-old. As the Poet Laureate, you are also helping other people to take parts of their story and to flesh them out and use the right words in the right ways to capture the emotion. And as you're watching people try to capture these moments of their stories in poetry, what have you noticed about the stories that are coming out and the struggle to do so and the cathartic nature of poetry? And what have you noticed in helping people to do this? Oh, now this is a beautiful thing about story. So, uh, for instance, in the poetry walkabouts, once a month, I invite people to come and walk in a in some place in Logan where people might not have gone often to little obscure parks or downtown or or to uh, walking trails every here and there, and in these settings. I, I call them the right setting. In the right setting with the right prompts and surrounded by people who care about words and how those words can be constructed to form experience into, into memorable stories, which is what we do. We construct experience into stories because we start with a lot of poems and we talk about other people's poems. And I can see people start to think about how these poems in this place, on this particular theme with all these other people are starting to form stories for them. 
oh, we sit down to write the prompt and the pens and pencils just fly. There's an immediacy of setting down scenes and images. I watch them doing this and I see this urgency. I see the concentration on their face and I see this joyful surge of writing. I see the concentration and then I see their faces relax into light bulbs going off and the sense of having created something and it's not just the story of their experience but it's the meaning that comes through and then they share these poems they share them we sit around and i say who's got something and people will read their poem and i can see that they are in that moment in that story and it has revealed something to them that they didn't realize before. Oh, that's well said. One of the things that I love most about writing myself is that oftentimes, and I know this sounds bizarre, but especially because I'm very introspective and self-aware, but a lot of times I genuinely don't know what I really think about something until I sit down and write it out. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I think about it. But if I hadn't written it down, I wouldn't even have known. Isn't that wonderful about poetry? Mm-hmm. The writer has to be surprised. If it's going to be a good poem, the writer has to be surprised and has to learn something and has to realize something. And it comes through in poetry, especially if I there are so many kinds of poetry. My favorite kind of poetry is narrative and lyrical. Mm -hmm. So it has to tell a story, but there has to be music. There has to be some kind of artistic going beyond the experience and just narrating the experience. There has to be music to it Mm -hmm. in order for it to work well for me. And I think if you're in the right scene, in the right setting, that music does come through and it in the creation of the story, there's a rhythm to it. And there's not only imagery, but there's an actual song to that experience. It goes deeper than, story goes, goes deep. And it's deeply felt. And inside our bodies, there's music playing. There, there's our blood circulating. There's our breath. There's pause and there's singing, and there's imagination, but it pulls out what we've lived in a very particular way. So last year in an article that the Herald Journal did about you, um, one of the quotes was, one of Star's best qualities is she makes you feel important, that you matter, that your voice matters, that what you have to say matters. Um, Susan Anderson works with you. She's the one who said that about you. And I thought, what a wonderful compliment, because as you are working with all of these writers, sometimes accomplished writers, sometimes fledgling writers, you're at the university, so you're with students who are just barely maybe trying to find their voice, as well as with others who, you know, have decades of writing under their belt. And you're working with this range of people who are sorting through their stories. And what a compliment that 
for each of them, and I know this to be true about you, that you look at them individually, that you see them, that you help them understand that their voice matters. Do you love what you're doing as the Poet Laureate? What, what are you most receiving out of this process of giving poetry to others? Oh, I'm receiving far more than I could ever give. When we do the walkabouts, I ask people if they will email me their poems that they've written, or sometimes they just hand them to me and then I, I transcribe them and email them back to them. And I save the poems in a file, and at the end of each fiscal year, I have a poem to read for the city council in Logan, and it's created from different lines that are in the poems that people send to me. Every poem I get has an unforgettable line and sometimes lots of lines. And I take these lines and I construct a community collaborative poem and I send the poems to all of the participants who've sent me their poems and I ask them if it's okay and I tell them where their lines are and sometimes I will edit their lines a little bit so they will fit into the fabric of this community collaborative poem. And people are so happy to give their lines and their thoughts to the larger world. And they're so happy to be inside a poem with other poets, with other writers, no matter the level of experience. And that is such such an amazing thing for me that people are so willing to give of themselves and to become a part of something larger than themselves. Mm. They're so generous with their work. And when I see the investment there is when they're writing that work, I know it's no small thing. It's their blood and guts on the paper in the form of a poem which came from a story of their life, whether it's a snippet of their life or a large part of their life. Some of the poems that I get are a philosophical look at their entire life. And some of the poems I get are the smallest little incident, a child's game or something their mother said, and it's made beautiful and large their writing you just get to swim in poetry all the time <laughs> lucky you <laughs> i'm so lucky I'm so lucky everywhere i go people people write that's my main goal is to have people write it down and and love who they are and and you're teaching them and helping them and giving them a a platform in which to do that. So you are perpetuating poetry and, and helping to pull it out, helping people to pull their stories out. That's beautiful, Star. And so worthwhile. <laughs> and that leads me to what's probably our final question, but one of the things that we talk about on this podcast a lot is our control over our own stories and the stories that we choose to tell. Are we telling you know, negative, fearful stories to ourselves and to others in which it generates a negative energy around 
our life and us and our perceptions, or are we telling stories that are empowering, that are focusing on the positive, that are finding the joy? Now, with poetry, you're really delving into the reality of a lot of emotions. It's not it's not about surface level. I mean, the most powerful poetry is vulnerable, raw, real. But what are your thoughts on the ways that we choose to tell our stories? First of all, to ourselves and then to others. You know, when a poem first comes out, it can sometimes surprise us in a way that might make us cringe because it might end on a rather depressing note. <laughs> so it's sometimes a poem can take you somewhere that's uncomfortable. And how you deal with that is through the process of revision. As Poet Laureate, my job is to get the work out and my job is to create an atmosphere where everything is allowable and there's no no reason for people to be afraid of the of, of something coming out that, that that makes them uncomfortable. But then they don't. The poems that I get seem always to end on a note that is worthy and if not uplifting that at least has meaning and it has value to the writer. So I don't uh, necessarily turn anything that I do as Poet Laureate into a workshop where we work to revise the work, but I always tell people the next step is revision and whether you choose to revise or not is up to you. But I've done a lot of, and this isn't something that I tell people, but I have done a lot of workshops on writing and healing. And in the process of writing our stories, in the process of writing poetry, we can make the kinds of decisions about what's on the page that helps the writing to help us. So for instance, if we write something and the ending throws us, we can go back and look at why, and we can create some images for that poem that don't sound as uh, negative and hurtful to us as the original did, that carry the meaning, but carry it further into how our lives can be better. So so story is poetry for me, and it's the why of living, and it's the how of living. And without story, there's no mystery, there's no magic, and a poem can carry the mystery and the magic. And without story, there's no reason to live, and life isn't just beautiful and uplifting. As I said, life can be hard, and when we rewrite our stories, we gain dimension, we gain depth, and we gain emotion that can't be expressed without stories, but we carry them further into something more imagistic and meaningful that may still have a negative sort of feel to them, but can be beautiful and can take us beyond that feeling of negativity or beyond that feeling of worry or depression or nervousness. We write ourselves through those things with poetry and we take it beyond where it hurt 
and we take it actually into something helpful. I love what you just said, and you said it very beautifully because in summation, you're talking about rewriting almost being synonymous a little bit with reframing. I want to clarify because I know you're not saying this, and I want to clarify this to the listeners because I'm not saying it either. That, like you said, poetry is life at its realest. We're not trying to ignore the raw and the difficult and the hard things. I mean, that's where the best poetry comes from is the real feeling of living those real stories. That's that's the real stuff. That's what everything's made of. That's the real stories. And so in the sense of when I talk about reframing on here, it's not ignoring that hard stuff. It's the realization, the acceptance of it, but then also taking it as you work through it, and you're talking about this in the process of writing, as you work through it in life, part of getting to the space where whatever that experience was can be healing and can be empowering and can be rewritten. It's about finding the inspirational piece of it or the the value or what you learned or, you know, something that that note that you can end on where where you gain something from it. And and that's the process of living where where we take what we have and what we've experienced and make it as beautiful as we can. Yes, and make it the truth, not just the fact. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. That's what I was trying to say. Um, I had a poem about my mother who had many hard things happen in just a five-year period of time. Her her mother died, her granddaughter died, her son died, her husband died, her house burned down. And I, I wrote a poem called What It Takes, and it started with summer's plum trees bend with rain, and it talked about rain, and it talked about fall, and it talked about colors. And in the end, the final stanza kept bothering me, and I revised this poem for years and years, and I didn't want to take away the idea of the hardship, but I didn't want it to feel hard. And finally, the poem at the end came to this stanza. And when her daughter's daughter died before spring, she withstood the final breaking, not like trees that snap when snow falls, heavy, out of season. So what I'm saying there is that, yes, it was hard, but humans can withstand so much and they can make life so beautiful because of the grief and the heartache and the beauty and the joy and the happiness. It can always come, I think, through poetry into something more and something more meaningful and something better. And that's why Poetry, for me, is always about story. Love, 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 love everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a final favorite poem that you want to share with us before um, we sign off? So this will be one that I can read, and it's not too long. It's called Only Pairs. In a past life, so you could actually start this poem once upon a time, but it starts... In a past life, I gathered fruit as it fell from branches that grew up the slender trunk, an inverted umbrella weighted with plump, ripened gold. Cows grazed in the pasture by the orchard, pears shining on their own side of the fence. Now the pears drop every season long before they should, 
wormholed and limb scarred from bare spines. But let's not talk about the fall, the trampled fruit, and early death. Instead, picture pears, bell-shaped and burnished, lifted in a child's hand from orchard bed to lips, deep gold, incredibly sweet. Thank you, Star. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your poetry with us. Thank you for sharing poetry in general with us. Thank you for all that you're doing to help bring the poetry and story out of the people around you. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Lori. Poets take language and weave it into a story that explores the dark corners, the emotional epiphanies, the roller coaster ride of living and dreaming, and the mundane. Poets weave truth, imaginings, blessings, and riots of color. They weave the raw, the vulnerable, the real, and then they sleep on it and start again in the living of their own stories and watching the world and the stories unfolding all around us. David Carradine said, if you can't be the poet, be the poem. Your challenge this week is to live poetically or maybe find a moment to sit down and put some of your thoughts on paper. I find when I write and write unedited that I find poetry as I sift through the words that show up. You are a poem. Your life story is poetry all its own. You can write it out and make sense of it, very therapeutic, or you can just keep on living the richness, the simpleness, the greatness of each smile, each moment of gratitude, each brave moment of acceptance and daring, each small and poetic tear and tantrum, each day in your own way. Have fun creating your story this week. And please share this podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.